What's up, bookworms? I almost tongue-tied myself there. It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? You can say hi this time. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Party people, party planners, whatever you refer to calling yourselves. Um, today's a lovely Wednesday day. It's like one o'clock in the day, and I'm drinking wine because, listen, I really am just going to think that these people think I'm alcoholic. <laughs> I, don't, I don't drink as much normally. Oh so, my God. You always drink. It's funny as shit, though. It's fine. I don't even care. It makes me fun. So, yeah, book world stuff, Stevie. Anything going on over there? Book world of the blogger? Because I have two things I want to talk about real quick. Um, let's see. Our, our dear friend, she's our, now our dear friend because we do love her very much, is Leah Cole. Um, she released her book yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. Um, I saw that. For you. And her episode is live now, so you guys can go listen to it. Um, Charity Farrell really start straight up, which is book three in her Twisted Fox series. Um, it's called it Blue Beach, but that's the other one. Um, I think that's really it uh tina gephardt is releasing between the lines which is funny as all get out even better even cooler news well not cooler news i know that sounded wrong even more fun news that's what i meant even more fun news is cl matthews who we're gonna have on the podcast a little bit later this month released the cover reveal of here loves a sociopath which is book three in her here lies book and let me tell you something the lady has done it again. She has done it again. I'm obsessed with these entire books. I have, hold up, right here. I ordered the other one, the second one. I have yet to read it yet. That's literally like next on my TBR because where I've been writing. But see this, this bad boy, it's so pretty. Uh, I'm literally obsessed with it. I'm literally obsessed with this series. And so I'm reading the second book. I just started it. Super excited. It's super good. And so, yeah, definitely check that out. I'm really excited for her to come on. Me too. I love her. I'm in love with her. Like, she just seems like so much fun. I almost killed myself. Look, I um, I told her last night I was, when I was talking to C.L. Matthews and getting her email address and talking to her about the schedule and all, she, um, I said, I think you might be MJ's most anticipated episode. Oh my god, I literally am in love with her. I'm gonna redo what she said to me. Oh god, okay, I'm ready. She said, I'm so honored. Oh my god, she's probably like this crazy lady. This psychopath of a woman. Oh my god, she but she legit. She legit. I just love that she I think isn't it her that loves tacos? Yes, it is. Like, she's obsessed with tacos. But yeah, if you're looking for a really good dark romance reverse harem vibe book, I cannot recommend the Here Lies series by Seal Matthews enough. It's amazing. It's everything. I love it. I'm here for it. Also, I'm a repping Saffron Kent at the moment with my St. Mary's Rebels sweatshirt. And it's epic. Go buy her merch. It's so soft. <laughs> And if you haven't read them already, go read first one, the first book in her St. Mary's series, um, My Darling Arrow, Salem and Arrow. <laughs> so definitely go do that. So let's yeah. talk about what brings us here today. 
Mm -hmm. um, which is another book that's releasing on Friday. That I've yet to read because I don't have privileges. Um, like arcs. So let me preface by saying that we are starting something new that we did post on on Instagram already. Um, we're going to be doing a debut author series once a month where we'll be doing a debut author. So if you have, if you are coming out with your debut book, let us know. Yeah. Or let us know if like, I mean, even if your debut book's not coming out for like, like you don't have to do it like we're doing like with her, how hers is going to come out the day that we're having this episode. Right. You can, if you, it's a week after we've recorded the episode, like whatever you want to do, we can accommodate to fit you. But I mean, I know for me that something like this podcast would have been a huge thing for me to get my name out there. So yeah, reach out to us. We're super nice. We love people. We're all very friendly. And yeah, we want to talk to you guys. I want to, I need, I need more friends. I need more author friends. So with that being said, we um are filming obviously our first debut author who is Kristen Turnage who I've talked about on here multiple times already um she is releasing her debut book on Friday which is called The Edge of Happiness which I'm over the moon to read about and she is here today so we're really excited yeah so let's go ahead and hop on over there and talk to her Kristen Turnage is an indie author that lives close to the beach in Florida with her husband, two daughters, and two cats. She's been writing for eight years and has been chasing her dream of becoming a published author for a long time. The Edge of Happiness from the Edge series is her first published work and has turned her dream into a reality. She's excited that you all are taking this journey alongside her. First of all, congratulations on your debut release, The Edge of Happiness, which is out this Friday. Yeah. How exciting. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so nervous right now because I'm afraid that I'm going to show my um, awkward and craziness. Oh, God. Girl. So that's what I've been doing. Do a freak flag fly. <laughs> right? That's what I told her. My husband's going to be listening to this and be like, no, Kristen, nah, uh-uh, no. Uh, no, we're never going to do that. I don't know if you listen to Jay Sterling. What is saying? That lady is... That lady is the definition of like, listen, me, bitches, and y'all just won't have to deal with it. That's right. She was stabbing. Her bounce ball. I promise I'm not farting. I'm sitting on a ball. (laughs) I literally, I'm obsessed with her. Okay. So super excited to chat with you. This is actually, this is our first, this is our first all like debut author on the podcast. Oh my God. Yay. (laughs) Collapse. I'm so excited. I need a soundboard. It's not just me. It's not just me now. I know. I don't feel alone. Um, alone. It's super exciting to talk to somebody who I feel like is kind of floating in the same boat as I am. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm excited to like see where you're at. See if you've got your shit together any better than I got my shit together. Because let me tell you, I don't. She's on book four and still doesn't have her shit together. (laughs) It's fine. I literally... It's fine. I'm drinking wine at 1.30. I have my life together. That's what bougie people do. That's right. So we're going to move on to book questions, which is going to be about, obviously, your debut novel, The Edge of Happiness, which I sadly 
do not have an arc to read yet. So MJ <laughs> is going to be taking the broader spectrum questions. And Stevie is actually going to be talking more than I am for the first time ever. So here we go. In the Edge of Happiness, we meet Kay, Casey and Ryan. And Cassie these and two, Ryan. Cassie and Ryan. Shit, I'm sorry. Get away. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> I'm reading these questions and I'm dyslexic. Leave me alone. The fact that I even got the, the K-A-S-S correctly is, a is like a must. Right. <laughs> Revamp. Revamp this. In the Edge of Happiness, we meet Cassie and Ryan. These two are extremely drawn to each other and they don't exactly know why. So who inspired these characters and like these, this couple? Um, I, th I would, I guess I would have to say, this is going to sound really cliche, but me and my husband. Um, at all. <laughs> but in, in a sort of way, as far mm -hmm. as some of the characteristics and how their dynamic, how Ryan and Cassie's dynamic is together and how well they mesh together is very much me and my husband mm -hmm. and um I feel like I got a lot of my husband inspired a lot of this book um just because he is like he's my number one fan he always wants to know what's going on he's given me so many like ideas for this story and and um he's even like he's the person that when I needed somebody to read it like he sat down and read it and he was like because I write a lot of fluff mm -hmm. and he was like you were talking in circles we need to cut this out he <laughs> <laughs> was You're and a personal editor yeah yeah and it really helped too because when I was writing Ryan's side he would look at me and he was like men don't say this Kristen and I'm like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> it was like men would say this <laughs> men would do this and so it was really nice having his perspective and uh in a way to where like I could trust what he was saying but also he was he would also be very honest with me in what I was writing yeah I literally love that I adore that with like my entire being yeah. it's so freaking sweet I love this yeah, I yeah love like um um stevie you'll know but in the book of the vacuum scene yeah yeah okay so that actually happened to my husband and when it <laughs> happened um a with a I, huh Did somebody get a hickey with a vacuum cleaner is that what's happening um yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> teenagers listen yeah. so um in the in the story so jace which is one of the side characters he's very much of a clean freak but he's very quirky in his ways and so there's a scene where ryan and cassie walk into the house and jace is obsessed with celine dion and he's belting out um, um yeah um all by myself while he's vacuuming and he has yeah so he's like having and so my husband was like vacuuming one day and he was like I had the hose and he's vacuuming and my daughter my three-year-old scared him and he screamed and I like ran and I was like what happened he was like nothing he was like our three-year-old just scared me and I thought I just vacuumed our nipple off <laughs> Died laughing. I was laughing so hard and I was like that's going in my book and he was like don't you dare and I was like oh no I was like you're married to an author now I was like anything you say or do are going to be put in a book yeah anything you say can and will be used in my book yeah. Instead of like your Miranda rights. Okay, first of all, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. 
Second of all, the reason I knew that is because funny story if my friend so my friend hannah listens to this sometimes and she's gonna hear this and she's gonna be like i fucking hate you a saying my name b telling the story my friend hannah one time uh she wanted to make a boy jealous we were in middle school like eighth grade right she wanted to make a boy jealous and she made me give her a hickey with a fucking vacuum cleaner (laughs) i swear to god i swear i swear oh my god like she was i was like this is og friendship and we have been friends since like middle school I was like yeah I have to be friends with you for this long I gave you a hickey with a vacuum cleaner it's like dedication at this point (laughs) I'm excited to read that book I'm excited to read it I mean it sounds funny and I love a good funny moment okay I I was really I oh and never really consider myself a funny person me um but when I was writing these scenarios were happening in my head and I would always ask my husband, I'm like, is this funny? Is it not funny? Is it funny? And he was like, yeah. it's not funny now that you keep badgering me about it. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I just say stupid stuff and hope that it lands. Like I, that's how I am. I say stupid jokes and hope that the joke lands. Yeah. So that's how, how a lot of my characters are. I think Nico is the funniest one. And that's just because every single opportunity he can bringing up food somewhere like food is coming up somewhere and that's because his mom and this is super funny I'm gonna get I'm gonna tell this real quick and then I'm gonna get off of it this is super funny Nico's mom is a baker and I and I didn't realize it when I was writing him but food is like his comfort thing like when his mom when he was sick or when he was sad or upset his mom's a baker that's what she did was it was food always in the house and so that's why when he's in these uncomfortable situations that people put him in that his friends put him in He's like, when are we going to get cheeseburgers? <laughs> he ate the pot brownies. <laughs> and he ate pot brownies. Oh, God. That's funny. Oh, Love my gosh. All right. right. Moving on. Next question. Stevie, you can take this one. Let me try to get it out now. Um, Good Kathy time. struggled with her relationship with her dad since the death of her mother. And now even more since her breakdown. I'm not going to go into detail on that. What led to you writing a character who was sent to live with her aunt and uncle so she could heal? Um, it was really, how could I get her to heal? Because it was more of me asking my character, you know, if I kept her in that same position as she was, she would have just gone downhill most likely and would have been worse. And so, and I knew that if I gave her that choice, she would have stayed where she was. And I really needed to push her forward because I wanted her to see that, you know, even when you have, when something really tragic happens to you, healing is the best part about um, living and learning your life. And so um, I really needed her to, to go somewhere. And we all do that. We all, when we when we're going through something hard, we either jump in a car and we're driving somewhere, or, you know, we're going to go visit a friend or something because we just need to get out of that situation and I needed that to happen for her. And it was important that I sent her to a family that she's never met before mm-hmm. because I wanted her to see the side of her family that she's never seen because um, she's just been her and her dad her whole life. And so it's a very uh, beautiful thing when you, when you have other people in your life. It doesn't matter if they're family or not family, but they can become your family, which is kind of what happens in the story. I love that Uh, my dad's a single dad so that's like a big like it's always just been me and him Mm -hmm. and obviously I love that 
and I love the fact that I was raised by an only dad, but it is great to have like other family members. You discover things about yourself that you don't realize, like, especially when I would uh, see my mom's side of the family, I would be like, oh, so this is where I got this personality. <laughs> it was not from my fucking dad. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. My dad is Southern Baptist, and I'm Bro, to- I'm Southern Baptist too. Oh, look at that. Amen. Listen, um, my dad is. Listen, I'm about to. This is about to change real quick. Because my dad is Southern Baptist, and I'm trying to burn sage and incense in the house, and he's like, devil. <laughs> I'm like, where? Worship. I know, right? I'm like, where is this spiritual out? And I'm like, oh, it's coming from my mom's side of the family. Yeah, yeah. I really love that. Are you from the south? Yeah, girl. Where? Okay, so um, I can hear it. I hear flying. Listen, and it's gonna get real bad because when other people have an accent, I get a worse accent. (laughs) So my my mom and my dad is from Mississippi. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, yeah and um my dad had joined the military when he turned 18 so I was raised all over the world mm-hmm. but my mom if you hear my mama talk oh. <laughs> I love my mama to death um, my mama talk I love yes. <laughs> my, my mom um is a really southern woman and my husband is from North Carolina and his family is I live. southern too oh yeah yeah so, um that's and that's actually where I met my husband was in North Carolina and so, um, I have like a Southern side from, from, from both sides, but yeah, it comes out when I'm around people or when I get extremely nervous or, um, anxious, exactly. my Southern accent, like my draw comes out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And I try to like suck it in, suck it, it in. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. But it does not work because there's like, so I just, it's bad, but yeah, um, I'm from Southwest Virginia originally. So like on the mm-hmm. border of Texas, uh, on the Texas, <laughs> border of Tennessee and Kentucky and Virginia, like right in the corner area right there. Yeah. So I was born and raised there my whole life. My mom's from, she's a Yankee. So I kind of got some of my dialogue and like dialect from her. And I'm like blessed that I don't sound like some of y'all who have y'all's words running together. Can't yeah. understand a damn thing y'all say. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, I never really had that. And when I was writing uh, The Edge of Happiness, I have a lot of Southern North Carolina dialogue that's in there, certain things that people say in North Carolina. And a lot of the stuff I would ask my husband, like, hey, how do you say this? In North Carolina. In North Carolinian. And he sometimes he would be like, oh, this is how we say it. Or sometimes he would call his mom or call his dad and he'll, they would, um, ask him or something like that. So, um, cause I wanted to keep true to the originality of North Carolina. Cause I lived there. Um, which I, I so yeah, I, I you'll hear, that. you'll hear a lot of shugs. I love that. Meanwhile, yeah. I live in the North <laughs> Down up there with your Yankee ass and I'm currently snowed in. Oh no. See, I'm, I'm in Florida right now. It's nice and sunny. I listen it's just cold for no damn reason in North Carolina uh-uh. it's not snowing it's not nothing it's just cold it's stupid all right I, I, yeah. next question Stevie <laughs> move this caboose we're gonna take that line away in a minute um now you touched on a, num- a number of number of trigger warning topics um which you did a phenomenal job of not romanticizing recommend you for 100 percent 
Yes. What made you want to write a book with such strong issues? Um, because I feel like in the world today, mm-hmm. mental illness is something that should be talked about. And it should be something that we shouldn't be romanticizing it. We should be saying exactly what it is. Um, I think mental illness is probably the only thing that's very black and white. And there's no gray, you know? And I feel like it doesn't matter if it's a romance novel or if it's a science fiction novel, you're gonna have somebody that has a mental illness because as humans, that's what happens. We adapt to our surroundings. Um, but when I was writing Cassie's story and I was in her head, she never romanticized it. It wasn't just a trend that was happening. It was a real life issue. And I wanted to bring light to the reality of mental illness is not always rainbows and butterflies and it shouldn't be rainbows and butterflies. So, but I didn't want it to be to where somebody would read it and they would get extreme trigger warning to it. And I even had a reader had said, this was a great story. I loved it. Um, and she had said that, you know, I, I would, you know, it, it, she advised if, if I would put a trigger warning on it. And I was like, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think about putting a trigger warning on it. So then I talked to my husband, um, and my husband's my business is my business manager. <laughs> <laughs> and I talked to him and I was like, we probably should do that because it doesn't matter the severity of the trigger. It's a trigger, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I put, um, so Ice Hearts, I think would be, well, I'm gonna be on, that's a lot. All of my books deal with some shit. Um, mostly just because I feel like it's just the reality of things. People deal with shit and it's like the truth of it. And it's not to like make people more romantic. It's not to make their, the, the, the relationship more dynamic or more toxic or more healthy or whatever. It's just that these people, have this men- these people have mental illness and people can be loved with mental illness but like just because you have it doesn't mean that you're gonna get love if that makes right. sense exactly exactly and so I have a character her name is Riggs and she's a favorite and I actually just got a message on Instagram last night from this lady who I'm not gonna say her name because it was a really personal message and she was talking about how her parent struggles with bipolar disorder and that's what Riggs has and my dad has that and so Riggs commits tries to commit suicide in love and hockey and i i i'm very it's very triggered like it's very there like you see it it happens valor finds her it's very graphic and so it's just like she gets a happy ever after but even nico in the end is like i love her and i'm always gonna love her but that her bipolar disorder is not going anywhere it's it's along for the ride it's on her back it's here the whole our whole lives she'll never get better because i love her no matter how I learn to love her, no matter how much I love her, it's never going to go away. And that's fine. And that's okay. You can love somebody with a mental illness. You can help them. But yeah. like thinking that love cures all, I think it's just naive. And, it, and it's really toxic for young women, young men yeah. who have mental illness that are like, oh, if I could just find a boyfriend or a girlfriend. My yeah, mental it's illness not reality. No, it's not. And I, and I think that doing that is really toxic. And it's really bad. It's really bad for young people because I don't, that's just sad. I don't want people to be like, oh, because then what you do is like, oh, if I get a boyfriend, I will heal myself. And it's like, you'll fake your mind into thinking like, oh, my depression's healed. I'm depending, I'm codependent on this person. So when that person leaves, you're like, yeah, yep, I'm a disaster. It's like, no, you were still, you still had a mental illness the whole time. It's just, 
you were convincing yourself otherwise. I know. And honestly, when I was writing this story, I needed Cassie to heal as a, as a character yeah. without Ryan. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because if I let them heal together, they would not have lasted. And I wanted them to have their happily ever after. So I had to have Cassie heal on her own and have Ryan heal on his own. So then they can become one, you know, because two yeah. become one. Yeah, Riggs did the same thing. She left his ass and everybody cried. And I was like, y'all just gonna have to get over it. Um, but she, <laughs> did it be- she did it because she loved him. She did it because she loved him. She did it because she loved her friends and knew that what she needed was to get better for herself before she could really love the people that she loved the way they needed to be loved. So I commend you for doing that. I haven't read it. It sounds fantastic. If Stevie says that it, you know, was done well, then obviously she knows because she's read my shit. And so my shit's kind of edgy. So um, yeah, I, I commend you I'm for the doing it. beta reading for her. It's a tough job to do. And it's really <laughs> mentally tiring. So congratulations and kudos to you being able to do that. Thank you. Next question. Now here's a question I'm really curious about. And I kept asking this and I wanted to ask you on Instagram, but I did not. I waited. Okay. What was what inspired Cassie's family owning the bee farm? Because I've never seen that in a book. Um, like honey bee I, farm? I have, I'm like one of those silent advocates for bee, for bees. So <gasps> we need to be protecting our bees, people. Like, are you talking about like a harvesting bee farm? Or yes, like they use the honey. It's a honey bee farm. I'm crying in the club. So I, when I thought of this story and I had already decided that these people and the characters in the story were going to be agricultural farmers, things like that. And so I sat down and I was like talking to my husband, like, I want them to have different jobs. I don't just want them all to be like cattle farmers. And I don't want all of them to be, you know, horse farmers because that's not realistic. And I was like, uh, so I was talking to my husband and um, I just thought of bees and I was like, dude they can be bee farmers and, I was like, and the and the mom has her own little bee shop and it's called the honey tree and um it's just That's so cute, so cute. I know. i'm literally so cute. obsessed with this yeah why is this not my life like why am i not farming bees and have a bee shop called why is this not my thing yeah. speaking of like seriously if you guys don't have local honey you need to go find somebody with local honey i fucking That's love like, local honey that's I've had it for like four years and I'm like never buying store-bought honey ever again, ever again. Miss, and have, like, I'm going to buy this book on Friday. Know. Miss, <laughs> I have allergies. Honey, <laughs> local honey yeah. saves my life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, and I thought it was a joke when I was a kid, but my grand, my mama was like, you get local honey, put it in your tea, you drink it every single day or you drink it every once in a while. Your allergies won't be as bad because bees pollinate. You, I have, I'm allergic to pollination. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'll do it. And listen, if I don't have it, mm-hmm. my face is yeah. like a balloon. It's so bad. It's so bad. When I was, when my oldest daughter was young, my oldest daughter is eight. And so when she was born, we lived up in North Dakota. And Y'all she was everywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, she used to get sick a lot. And, um, and so we couldn't give her any medicine because back then, like they didn't have anything for like two-year-olds. So, um, a lady had told me and my husband to take warm water and put honey in it with lemon and have her drink it. And that will make her cold, um, go away. And it was amazing. 
And so yeah. now like, that's what my children drink when they're sick is they drink honey water with lemon. See, my like, grandma put moonshine in that shit. Yeah. Hotty toddy. <laughs> Hotty toddy. Them things were the shit. I don't know what they were as kids. No, that's called country ass painkillers. Yep. yep. That shit put me to sleep so fast. <laughs> honey, tea, moonshine, yep. lemon. And I was asleep in 20 seconds and woke up like I'd never been sick before. <laughs> I, I think that could cure COVID. I think if we if we give everybody potty potty, I think it might help with the with the COVID. That's a joke. Obviously, COVID is very serious and that can't cure it. It was a joke. Nobody get mad. <sighs> anyway, so yeah, it was a joke. So this is book one in the Edge series. So yeah. what can fans expect from books to follow? So there are gonna be five in the series. The next one that I'm writing is Max and Jocelyn's story. That's what I'm writing right now. Um, there, you're going to probably need more tissues. <laughs> Me, AF. Um, especially when I get to Jace's story, it's going to break vacuum apart. cleaner guy? Huh? The vacuum cleaner guy? Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm here for that. Yeah. So when <laughs> I get to his story, huh? Jocelyn's a very free spirit. Yeah. Yeah. She's very much she is the girl that all of her friends were boys. She's a very much of the boy. And um, she, she's a, in her story, she wants to be very, she wants to be girly in her mother's eyes because she feels like her mother doesn't accept the fact that she likes to go outside and skin a deer. But she also likes to, you know, bake and she likes to do these these things that are considered quote-unquote girly yeah you know? and and she has a problem fitting herself into other people's boxes because everybody and especially in the south I mean MJ you know this a lot oh. of people in the south they don't they it's hard for them to accept people that are outside of the box and so, your heart yeah, so for Jocelyn, she has a really hard time struggling between being this one person on the left side and then being this one person on the right side when really she just wants to be in the middle. And um, the only person that can really see that and see her in the middle is, of course, Mac. And um, Mac has his own issues as far as, you know, he is the outsider of the group. He, you know, came from a really not a very good home and um he's just trying to find his own way in this world amongst his friends and his family so crying in the club because i'm excited as hell for that <laughs> yeah. because i think that's such a i think the way you said that is so like eloquently eloquently put and so it's it is it's the truth and i mean some people in the south i would say mostly older females yeah. are yeah. and i'm not saying all i'm not generalizing i'm saying some especially where I grew up, I very much had that problem because being raised by a single father, I have masculine tendencies. And so I played basketball. I played softball. I played all these sports. All of my friends were guys. I sit like a guy. I have really bad posture. I can't wear skirt. I can't wear heels. However, I do like putting on makeup occasionally and I do like having my nails done and that kind of thing. And to them, me being super athletic, me being super boyish, I cannot tell you the amount of times that Women have looked at me and been like, you'd be so pretty if you'd just be a little bit more ladylike. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to deck you in the face. Yep. Yeah. Old lady, I will hit you. 
you I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you the power of being a tomboy. I'm gonna hit you. Yeah. So yeah, super tough. And I'm super excited to see you write that. I I love that. I love that representation. <laughs> yes, represents the girls like me in the south. Yeah. That don't have to be southern bells all the time. No, you don't. Yeah, and it's just stressful. What? Okay, I'm sweating thinking about it. Okay. So. <laughs> Moving on to writing questions. This is where I'm going to talk all the time. Okay. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, when, when did you realize that you wanted to be a writer? Like, when did you realize, like, hey, like, this is the story. This is it. The one I want to publish. Um, it probably was in 2019. Um, I had worked at a job that wasn't the greatest. And <clears throat> I kind of felt like I was stuck. And... Um, I always knew that I wanted to become a writer, but it was like that fear, that fear of becoming a writer was outweighing the fact of me wanting to become a writer. And I finally, I think I just had a conversation. I had my come to Jesus moment. And I told my husband and I was like, I really want to quit my job and I want to write. That's what I want to do. I'm tired of like living in fear of afraid of doing what I want to do because it makes me happy and doing the thing that I hate. So at the end of 2019, I quit my job. And then of course, you know, COVID happened, but whatever. Um, it was like curveball. <laughs> but um, I gave myself a year to write this novel. And um, yeah, it's still to this day, like st I'm still kind of like, is this really happening? Like, is this really happening? Um, so yeah. I think I relate to that in like, I well, I wrote like my whole life. I did, I did fan fictions, if y'all could only see. <laughs> I did fan fictions, you know, in middle school and high school. I have no shame. I totally wrote fan fictions about Edward Cullen. It's fine. And I, I always knew that I loved writing, but in the town I grew up in, you either, if you were a guy, you worked in the Coke ovens or you became a coal miner. If you were a female, you became a nurse or you were a stay-at-home mom. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. And I have no problem with, I love the people in my town that do that. It's just, they very are in one box. And if you try to be anything different, if I were to have been like my senior year of high school, I'm going to be an author. They would have been like, that's good luck. That's funny. It's not going to happen. And so it's very closed-minded area to live in. And so I was brought up on this this mentality that I could not do something outside of the box like that and then one day I was like writing and this and Valor and Bishop came to me and I was like this is it and I like could not stop writing them until they were done and I was like fuck it yeah obviously I mean it's either gonna be a dumpster fire or it's gonna work out either mm -hmm. way I need to do it just to say I did it and see, for Ryan and Cassie, like, their story had lived in my head for a long time. And they all, like, all the characters had different names. They all had a different story. But those characters lived in my head for so long. And I was just so afraid to write it because growing up, when I was in school, I, I have a learning disability. And I have a comprehension disorder. Mm -hmm. So writing and reading was the- Why are we the same person? Yeah, was, was the worst subject for me. I could, yeah. I hated reading. Um, I was in, I remember this, I was in fifth grade and I was reading at a third grade level. And I wish somebody would have told me this because I learned this a lot later in life that if I just picked up a book and I tried to read, I would learn how to read better and I would learn how to read faster and I would understand the dynamic of it. 
But what I used to do is I used to make up stories in my head. I would make up stories in my head and I'd go to my bedroom and I would act them out because back then I wanted to become an actress. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. Yeah. I wanted to become an actress back then. So I used to make up these stories in my head and, but they were all love stories and it was all like a damsel in distress story. And, and yep. that's what I used to do when I was younger. And when nobody really gave me the idea and I never had the idea of writing the stories down. So my whole, when I realized that I wanted to become a writer, it took me like almost five, seven years or whatever for me to actually do it, do it. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I feel like we're the same person. <laughs> I told you we would be best friends. I told I you. You were right. I'm dyslexic. We're bonding over, we're bonding over learning disabilities. Look, I'm dyslexic with numbers. I am, oh God, I don't even want to talk about math. Whoever the devil created algebra, whoever decided to put letters with numbers, no, thank you. Yeah, I am dyslexic, so that's also a problem that I have. I feel like mine was the opposite in the way of for you, though, was that they told me if I read more that I my brain would, you know, like unscramble the words and the letters. Mm -hmm. And so I found that the more I did it, the better I got at it. My brain trained my brain. However, I read extremely fast. And so teachers freaking hated me. Yeah. Because I found that the the quicker I read the question, read the answers, and I didn't let myself reread or rethink it, it didn't give my brain time to unscramble shit. And so I'd be done in like 20 seconds and they'd be like, you need to learn to take your time. You need to learn to take your time. And I'm like, no, because if I learn to take my time, the word um, monopoly is going to look like frog. Yeah. Because that's just how my brain is doing it. So yeah, yeah I totally get that. Um, so are you more of a fly off the seat of your pants kind of gal or a plotter? Um, I have to be both. Mm. I have to. I love to pants. I love it. But yeah. if I did, I would not have a finished story. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not one of those special unicorns that can like sit down at the computer, have the idea, have it all up in my head and just write the whole thing out. Yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to plot. And that's one of the things that I realized in the edge of happiness um, was that I have to sit down and I have to plot out things in the story. So I outline it a little. And then I, when I write the scene, that's my pantsing. So I hit the high points and I might um, outline the beginning part, but then I totally just let my creativity go when I write in the scene. Yeah. And let your characters guide you. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. I, I, I would like to say that I do the same thing. I'm kind of like somewhere in the middle of a plotter and a pantser. It's a, a mm -hmm. I don't even know how to combine Planter. Planter. I'm a planter. <laughs> so I, I basically do the same thing. Mostly though, my high points are dialogue or like one line that I think is like the line. It's like a strong ass line. And I'm yeah. like, this is going in this chapter. Don't know what else is happening. <laughs> I like this line. I do that too, except for I have like scenes that play in my head and I'm like, yep. oh, that's a good scene. Where can I put that in there? Yep. I, yeah, that's what I do. I have a, I have an alpha named Melissa and she is the light of my life. Her and Shauna and Stevie keep my life organized. And so Melissa, all the time, I'll be like, oh my God, I love this line. And I'll send her like one line. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, where's the rest of the book? <laughs> Like, yeah. I don't know yet okay yeah. I don't know yeah. I just know that I like this line and she's like all right give it six months you'll forget about it you won't even like the line anymore See, for me, when I'm thinking of a story I always know 
my, when an idea comes to me, I have the ending. The idea is the ending. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I'm like, okay, now I have to backtrack here. Cause I'll, I have my ending, but I'm like, man, I need the other stuff. Yeah. I gotta fill this in. Can't yeah. just write an ending of a book. See, I usually, I don't even know. I don't even know the ending until I get like midway through the book. I'm like, I don't know where they're going to end up. We'll figure it out as we get there. Um, the only one that I did know the ending for was probably Love and Hockey. And that's just because they're kind of like a soulmates kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I always knew where I wanted them to go. And then everybody else was, I was like, eh, don't know where you're ending up, but you'll end up together somewhere. I don't know. Sometime. Um, <laughs> but the book I'm currently writing, um, I'm not going to say that when, when Blind Pass releases, everybody will have an expert of the book I'm currently writing, which is a standalone. This is the first book I have ever, I'm ever writing that I genuinely have no idea what my female main character wants to do with her life. And honestly, that's what the whole book is about. Hey, that's a good, that's a good idea. Yeah. The whole book is about her having no idea what the hell she's doing. And so I literally am going to write her and, and genuinely as a unit, as my imaginary self (laughs) and my, and my character, we're going to go on a journey and Mm -hmm. we're going to figure it out together. And hopefully by the end of the book, when we get to the end of it, she's going to tell me. That's right. This is what I want to be. We don't know how that's going to go. It might end up trash, but we'll figure it out. So yeah, I commend you because I can't do that shit. Um, do you have any interesting quirks when you write? Like you eat Twizzlers, wear the same hoodie. That's what I do. I wear the same hoodie until the book is finished. I clean it. Um, I don't, I don't know. Well, okay. So I, when I write, I have to have water. I have to have coffee. Okay. Um, so much more organized than I am. Can't have, (laughs) I have to have water, coffee, and then I have like this big, huge, like blanket hoodie that I got for Christmas that I have to have. Mm-hmm. And then I have to have my hemp seed pen. That's what I got to have. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> First of all, um, yeah, water. I need to, I'm trying to make myself more responsible and, and drink more water, but I just cannot cut out Red Bull. Ugh, it's a problem. <laughs> also, I love, I love this. I wish she needs a hemp pen. I love it. Why is this my love? <laughs> I do the same thing so it's fine yeah yeah, um, yeah. just de-stresses you it's like the characters are like yeah, big, yeah. And, shit, and you're just like it's that's right and and I have like because I have different hemp oils for different situations yeah so like if I'm writing a really intense scene I have to like have my balancer like I have to have the, my you know indicas yep I will get I will, I will get so enthralled into my scene because I'm very much of an empath. Yeah. So I will just get really like, ah, I'll start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have, um, so I would say that I probably use sativa more than anything, mostly oh, yeah. because I get really, which is shocking to people. Cause I'm already like ah, all the time, but I get really depressed. And so genuinely when I'm, I, when I wake up, I, I genuinely know, like I know, I usually know when I'm going to have a shit day and yeah. I'm kind of just like, gonna hit this yeah a little better a little lighter I don't know if you do CBD or anything of that nature but they're there okay cool so there's this uh I'll send you a link to it uh this Appalachian Mountain place it's like a local place bro get out get out of here did you find him on TikTok (laughs) I'm literally creep oh my god I'm literally dead I'm literally dead somebody come resuscitate me that is amazing that's what i use 
Well, I was going to recommend the cherry one, but obviously you already know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. So, fine. All right. Moving on. <sighs> this is what I need to be. I need to be. We need to be sponsored by them. Somebody yeah, sponsor us. I'll talk with you guys. All the standard. Listen. I literally love you, now, bro. Yeah, for real. I literally love you guys, and I, I, I smoke all the time. Okay, so just like hit me up. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, as you can tell, I'm very pot friendly. I have not smoked actual marijuana in like a minute, but I do do edibles. I don't know if you do oh, edibles, yeah. mm-hmm. but ten out of ten, you should definitely try edibles. Mostly just because. When I actually smoke, uh, like real T eight, like actual THC, it gives me it, I freak out. I get so paranoid. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Going to jail, yeah. I freak out. Yeah, yeah. But edibles <laughs> so edibles gives me more of like a full body high. Makes me like I can do things. I can be productive if I eat like half a brownie or something of that nature. So mm-hmm. can I can recommend those too. If you are over the age of eighteen, if you're yes. <laughs> under eighteen and you're listening to this, yes, you wait. Anyways, I'm like promoting it to younger people. Um, all right. What do you like to do when you're not writing? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait. I got time. I'll wait. Um, I'm like, what do I do? Oh, I know what I like to do. Me and my husband watch crime documentaries. I do that all the time anyway. I That's love that I shit. Do. That's- that's what we do is we love to watch crime documentaries. Um, we actually like for Christmas, my husband got this like investigative game or something. Yes, from the the the, the subscription box. How to no, find killer? No, or- not that one. It's one like you. It's like a a different game you can get at the store or whatever. But me and my husband were talking about getting um hunt a killer. Yes, we were like Good. obsessed with it. Obsessed get it. with it. Get it. I'm yeah. here for hunt a killer, man. Hunt a killer sponsor me because I would do it. <laughs> my mom and I are obsessed with true crime documentaries. Like, I mean, obsessed. Like, evil lives here is on our television probably daily. Um, okay. Do you read? Yeah. Okay. If you like crime documentaries, did you watch um, uh, Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That thing, is, I can't. I can't because literally, I'm at the end of it, and I'm like, I, I'm trying What's to. The do first this one research. of that was fa- was based in Baltimore. I know. I was literally trying to do this research on my own. I was like, I need to know who yeah. killed this man. It yeah. drove me crazy. If you it like, it's been like solved. It still hasn't been solved to this day. This is one of my favorite books. It's a series by James Patterson. It's called Cat and Mouse. Okay. It's a three book series, and it's about a serial killer, and it is literally amazing. It's so good, and it's it's fiction. But it's written and told in a way that you would think that it was nonfiction. It's so good. And it's based off the life of a detective named Alex Cross. It's so amazing. It's the Alex Cross series. I just finished um, a true crime book. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I'll have, oh, it's like when I see you, I see you, something like that. Yeah. Um, And it's about a mom who was a serial killer. Oh, shit. And, um, that one I really like that one I think that that's the one that I read that I was like oh I like to read true crime or true crime like watch it but I like to read it too and then the second recommendation which is a little bit more outside of the box the more you go on the series is my favorite book Stephen King yeah so it's end of watch he's my jam that's literally my entire shelf um (laughs) 
his is a little bit more outside of the box the more you get into the series but it's really good and it, it also revolves around like a retired police officer and a serial mm-hmm. killer that he's been trying to hunt down for like five years so mm-hmm. amazing 10 out of 10 recommend however that is the end of my portion of writing questions stevie take it away well i want to um there is another crime book that i believe is being made into a movie what is it and it's it's called but i already heard about it oh watch criminal minds i love criminal minds it's called all the missing girls oh yeah i've heard about that I it's mostly becoming a movie. They're actually starting it, I believe, from what I was told. Um, but that book is phenomenal. I bet I'm really they better do it right. But yeah, so that is mine. Also, watch Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, uh, that's my section. That's my portion. Stevie, reading questions. <laughs> Take it away. Um, what is the first book that ever made you cry? Um, when a monster calls. When a what? When a monster calls. Oh, I thought you said when a moccasin crawls. It's <laughs> 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 the goosebumps that I missed. Oh, okay, when a monster calls. Yes. Is it by? I don't think I've ever read it. Um, Patrick Ness. It's about a boy. It's okay. So, if you're going through grief, I would suggest not reading it. But it's about a boy, uh, like if you're going through grief. Of losing anybody? It doesn't yeah. matter who. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. But um, it's about a boy who his mother gets cancer. Mm-hmm. And at night, this tree comes alive. And this tree tells him, I'm going to tell you three stories. And at the end of three stories, you're going to tell me your truth. What? They made a TV series or a movie yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally saw the commercials for that shit. Yeah, you gotta read the book. Read the book first. Oh shit! Yes, ma'am. Oh, you don't. I'm a book reader. You don't have to. You don't have to threaten me. Right. You don't, you don't have to threaten me. I I really will. I just didn't know it was based off of a book. I didn't know yeah, that. So good. Like I sobbed. It was so good. Aww. Yeah. That's cute. Okay. Cool. All right. So next question, CV. Um, who are some of your favorite authors? Ooh, you better get your list ready. Um, I got a pin right here. <laughs> so <laughs> my first person that I absolutely love, and this person that really inspired me to become a writer, was Rachel Van Dyken. Oh, we love me. We love some. We're the same person in different bodies because mine was Monica Robinson. Stop! I love her. I know. I know. I love her. So me I too. love Rachel because I love her banter. Okay. And her dialogue gets me every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love um, Monica um, because her, her, Good old I love friend. reading her stories because I feel like I'm in a soap opera and a good one, you know, like she the writes the boys. best drama. She writes the best angst that I've ever read. I am currently beta, baiting, beta-ing for her, for yeah. her rom-com series that she's doing. Is it good? Just fucking wait. Oh my gosh. And, so uh, newsflash, she'll be on the show next week. Yeah, she'll be on the show. She's our Valentine's Day episode. <sighs> yeah, I swear to God. Um, who's another one? I've already lost track. Oh, Tilly Cole. Oh, fuck yeah. I love me some Tilly Cole. And I love her because her emotional part and her dark romances is like, 
Oh, it's so good. Chef kisses. Yes, yes. Um, there's oh Molly McAdams. Yeah, she'll be on the show too. She's coming on in April. Um, oh, and have you course, read Saffron Can't? Uh uh-uh. uh. All right, stand up. Show your hoodie first. Okay, Saffron, if you're listening. <laughs> She's already been on the show once before. Yes, yeah, I'm not. Also, I'm not this chubby. It's just this is a <laughs> I'm not this chubby. I actually have a pretty decent sock figure, but this is a two X because I wanted it to be large so I could write in it. That's oh like this God. one. This one's like a five X. Have you read Monica Robinson's uh, The Good Old Boys? So like Alex and Bo, like the first like complicate me undo me forbid me what books have you read by her okay so i've read el diablo which oh is shit alejandro martinez he's iconic i love him so okay. much. i've read lost boys okay i'm um, first uh um first lyric last verse no oh from the first lyric to the last yes verse. Yes, yes i've read that one um those you haven't read, read road to nowhere and road to nowhere and ends here with creed and mia I haven't read Lost Boy. Uh uh-uh. uh. Well, I've read Lost Boy, but I haven't read Creed yet. I haven't read him yet. You're going to tell me. Oh my God. Well, listen, before you even touch Creed, you need to go back. Okay. And you need to read her Good Old Boy series. You can okay. get it in the box. I think it's like free for Kindle Unlimited. Four okay. books. Okay. Iconic. However, we need to discuss the fact that you've never read Saffron Kent. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> The way that you're talking and like the, the vibe that I'm getting that you like to read, right? Especially with how you describe Tilly Cole shit. The I'm fact that you have not read Saffron Kent is I'm just like blowing up. <laughs> she is she is the Lana Del Rey of the book world. Ooh. Yeah, dead ass. And I'm not joking. And literally she is obsessed with Lana That's Del literally what people call her is the Lana Del Rey of the book world. Ooh. Her books are so angsty and lovey and see that's my jam okay i'm hard out forbidden romance kill myself i love her i'm gonna have to read it read unrequited start with unrequited and then from there read the 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 heartstone series so you have medicine man uh dreams of 18 and it's like medicine man is basically about a psych it's like a psychiatric patient and her doctor Ooh. Yeah, and then Unrequited is a professor and his student. Okay. Deadass. She's amazing. I'm not even joking. If you don't read her, I'm going to She's gonna like cry. the sweetest human alive, too. Yeah, also that. Okay, next question. Moves on. I just had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Are you an e-reader or a physical copy? Both. Um, I have two. If, if it's a romance, t- typically I'll get um an ebook just because it's quicker mm-hmm. um, or sometimes if I just want a physical call it just depends on my mood but I like both nine times out of ten I'll cover. buy the physical copy even though I have the e-reader copy depends on the cover and the book and the person like I have Monica's stuff because I fucking love her I know I I've already predicted that she's gonna be my best friend I mean she don't know that yet but once I meet her <laughs> we're gonna be best friends we're gonna be best um, friends. Her that's, and Rachel. <laughs> that's how I feel about Saffron Kent. She doesn't know it yet. I still talk to her on Instagram. She don't know it yet, but one day we're gonna be besties. We're gonna we gonna be besties. <laughs> we're gonna be besties. You don't know it, but one day it's gonna happen. I promise. Yep. 
gonna like I'm just gonna like a full misery. I'm gonna like wait until next week when CL Matthews come or in two weeks when oh! Matthews come on. Iconic. I was gonna be falling out of her chair. <laughs> I love her. She's iconic too. All right, continuing. Um, going on side side range. What's your absolute favorite trope to read? I love a good love triangle. And the fact you have not read <laughs> so it, it's like, I ha- this is my routine question. I ask this when people say love triangle. Have you read Essie Stevens' Saltless series? It's her uh, series. I don't. I don't think so. It doesn't sound familiar. You need to jump on the Cal and Kyle train. Okay. Because I haven't read it either. If it makes you the book one is the actual triangle, but uh, the other two books are about the couple itself. That the it makes me so excited. I'm getting so many book recommendations. Oh my god! As you need to read Saffron Kid first. The whole wide world. I will read it first. If you like love triangles, I do. Every, I think every one of her books has a forbidden love vibe, and her recent one, which is the sweatshirt I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. um it's her saint mary's series and it's about four girls who are like the rebels of this saint mary's catholic school that they get sent to so mm-hmm. they're bad girls and Ooh. the first book is called my darling arrow and it's about salem and arrow and arrow is salem's older sister sarah her boyfriend and uh, yeah. yeah and yeah some shit goes down but basically salem's like in love with arrow and i'm in love with arrow <laughs> My favorite um, love triangle is, um, it's an actual fantasy, but it's um, Imperial Devices by- Holy shit. Holy shit. I love that book. Okay, good. So that series, it's my favorite. My favorite love triangle mm-hmm. ever. It is good. Ever, ever. Good. Have so. you read A Court of Thor- Thorns and Roses? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I was about yeah. to be like, listen, if you don't know the Tomlin, <laughs> if you don't know the Tamlin and Rising thing, you don't know. <laughs> I have yes, yes okay so cool because I was like you gotta read that shit too but yeah so Saffron Kent's like queen of forbidden love stories and especially love triangles that's like her jam yeah iconic well I wouldn't even say like a love like a full love triangle but just that the other person is either not allowed to be with them or with somebody else yeah like so, there's a reason oh yeah. ugh, my heart and soul and she also writes really amazing female characters and I'm bisexual so I'm like I don't know who I like more <laughs> I don't know if I like Salem or Arrow more because it's a struggle. I want to date both. So <laughs> that's literally how I feel. Um, all right. And that would be a good story. Like writing a love triangle with a bisexual. Oh my God. I would literally die. I would, that die. would be like, that would be a good, that would be a good story. It would, but by panic, you don't under, it's real. Like I'm, I sweat thinking about it. And I, I'm on TikTok all the time. I have TikTok and TikTok is my thing. I have TikTok too. And I listen, I'd be scrolling through there and they'll be like siblings. They'll be like one girl, one guy, and they both look identical to each other. Yeah. So they're both fine as hell. And I'm like, yeah. bye panic, bye panic. <laughs> I don't know which one. I don't or know. <laughs> I'll see even really, I'll see really pretty girls. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to date you or I want to look like you. Like yeah. the struggle that I'm having with myself. Yeah. So literally, that does sound like a good book though. I could definitely get into that. I could read it or write it, either one, depending. There you go. Somebody write it. So if they read it. If somebody doesn't write it, I'm going to. There you go. <laughs> All right. And last reading question before we move on to tropes. What's your last five-star read? Um, A Man Called Uve. A Man Called Uve. Why does that sound non-fiction-y? It is. I knew it. Mm-hmm. What's it about? Uh, 
it's about a, a man who um he kind of had in my opinion i think i think that he has a little he's on the spectrum yeah um but he's like this grumpy old man and he lost his wife mm. and he's the neighbors move in and like these neighbors are kind of bombarding into his life and he's just like get away from me kind of thing yeah Um, but then they slowly start to have a place in his heart and it's like it is such a good story like in the end I was just like sobbing it was so good I love old people I love old people that are grumpy as hell but then in the end they're soft oh I used to be a CNA before I was a full-time author. Mm-hmm. So grumpy, winning over grumpy old men is my favorite. Yeah. It's my yeah. favorite. Um, so trope questions, because we were teeter-tottering on that. Um, what is your favorite trope to write and why? Well, I guess you'll have one book, but like, what do you think would be your favorite trope to write and why? I think that I would, it's hard to say, like, I would love to do an enemies to lover. I mean, I think everybody loves doing that one, mm-hmm. um, but I love a good, like friends to lovers too. Like, I think that that would be my jam. Because See, the thing though is from a writer's perspective, let me tell you how hard it is to yeah. write a friends to lovers, like dead ass. I'm not even joking. This is real advice I'm trying to give you. No. It is so difficult to write a friends to lovers because yes, like the beginning stages are amazing. You can build up this relationship. They're best friends since childhood. They have all these cute memories together, but ripping them apart to cause drama, like whatever the the issue is, Mm -hmm. is so difficult because somebody is going to be angry because it's going to be either you're going to have to do like a miscommunication. Somebody's going to have to get hurt. Uh, maybe he dates somebody else, which is going to be like, if he loved her so much and he's loved her all her life, why is he dating somebody else kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. so difficult to build a book with friends to lovers. And I love that trope. I love reading that trope. I love writing it, but it is so freaking hard. I love to read friends to lovers. Like I love, yeah. like Mac and Jocelyn's story is going to be a friends to lover. Cause I mean, technically they're friends, mm-hmm. you know, slash roommates kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I love reading those. Like I love reading about best friend, brother, sister, whatever. Yeah. Like I love reading that. Um, but yeah, I think that that's something I, difficult. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could see how it could be extremely difficult because you have to create that conflict. It's not even, I, I guess it could be okay if it was like you were friends, like older, like we got, you became older and like you haven't been around this person your whole life. Mm-hmm. But I guess like when you're writing somebody's that have like, they've grown up together, they've been at each other's sides, they're the best friends in the whole wide world kind of thing. It's so yeah. hard to create that conflict without somebody hating one of those characters or right. like some type of miscommunication going on. Mm-hmm. And so the only time that I think it really is easier to do is when I, so Valor and Bishop are an age gap. And so the only way that was, that was really able to work is because he, she was like a forbidding kind of thing. Like he couldn't, obviously yeah. he was not attracted and so yeah. like it's there's that forbidden aspect there which makes it easier for to cause drama mm-hmm. but when you're the same age and you're best friends you grow up together you've created this love that they have and you have to like punch it in the stomach yeah somebody's pissed off <laughs> yeah. yeah and so it's really hard and it it hurts my head very <laughs> very very that's totally giving you guys a hint for like what i'm right what's going on <laughs> what i'm dealing with at the moment you'll see you'll see all right um what is okay you take the next trope question Stevie. what's the one trope you would eventually like to write like to write yes like outside the box i want to write a fantasy oh girl with some dragons 
Yeah. Like I have this idea and I've had it for a long time, but I know for a fact, I'm going to have to have a lot of experience underneath my belt before I can write it. Um, that, and then I also want to write a mafia story. Oh yeah. And that too, for the idea that's in my head, I'm going to have to have a lot of experience. So that's probably going to come like later. Yeah. Don't you hate that when you have this amazing idea, but you're like, I'm not ready for it. Yeah. 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 I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to be ready. Yeah. So but I'm not. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so what's one that you would never write? Like one trip you'll never write and why? I don't okay. think I would ever write a verse harem. Reverse harem? You just don't like the idea of like one girl and like 80 guys? No. Why? There's nothing wrong with it. Like there are some really great stories that are that are reverse harem. I just can't find myself. Um what what's what's that one? Here lives a here lives a corpse by CL Matthews. It's a series. She uh-huh. has five books in it all together. Three, two of them are out. The third one's coming out, I think at the end of this month or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and it's a reverse harem and it's dark romance reverse harem. So it's okay. legit. Good as shit. It's a good, the thing is, it's a good, has a good plot line to it and a yeah. good plot story and the characters on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's fine. I just think for my taste right now in my life, I don't see myself writing a reverse harem. Oh, I totally get it. I would never write one. I can't. I literally, I cannot. I'm not, I don't think that I'm skilled enough to do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know whose body part is where. <laughs> so I don't think I'm skilled I think there are special people out there that that's their talent and that's where they really strive and I don't ever want to step over that boundary because I know my lane and my lane is here and if I if I'm gonna step over I'm gonna make sure that I I do it respectfully yeah absolutely yeah so CL Matthew that's that's such a good series and it's got a good mystery plot and the dudes are hot as hell you love (laughs) them all and so yeah I would say that my lane is I I might sport I write sports romance right now but not rom-commy sports romance like angsty sport romance Mm -hmm. and I am slowly so I want to get to dark to the point where I just do dark romance like that's what I want to do but I'm like edging darker and darker and darker until I get to the point where I'm like comfortable in like a really dark setting I just want to hone my craft and like get better before yeah. I really hit people with like the stuff that I yeah that's why like I when I said that I wanted to do a mafia story mm-hmm. I feel like I don't want to do it really I don't want to do it right now because I know that I am not ready for that right because I know that my dark my mafia will be a dark romance and I kind of like living in my fluffy romance over here right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it literally, I, I, I will write something and they'll, and Melissa will be like, it's too dark. And I'm like, I'm going to shoot something. Yeah. Like myself. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, I just, it, yeah, it's a struggle. Um, so Stevie, you are going to take the last trope question before we sadly have to get off here a whole, an hour we are literally at one hour at this question. So Stevie, take it away. Um, if you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Ooh. Reverse arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, no, because I think I would be too embarrassed to do oh, that. I'd be like, hello. <laughs> I think I would want to be... Um, I would probably want to be like an enemies to lover. Yeah. I'm such a nice person, 
mm-hmm. that I know I would want to be my opposite self and my opposite self would be mean as hell. So yeah. and like, I, I am very much of a doormat when it comes to people. And so, um, yeah, I think I would want to do an enemies to lover. That would be my life. I would want to be Megan Fox and Jennifer's body. That's who I want to be. Yeah. In story. And then I want to do an enemy celebrity because I dare somebody to talk to Jennifer's. I dare somebody to talk to Megan Fox and talk yeah. down to her when she looks like that. Yeah. In Jennifer's body. Yeah. Not happening. It's not happening. However, thank you. There's our last question. Thank you so much for joining us. We've literally had so much fun. I am <laughs> been drinking this wine. We have had a blast and you have been like so much fun to talk to. So like, thank you so yeah. much for coming on. Thank you so much.